0: All right. Well, welcome back from maternity leave, Jenna. Jenna!
1: Yes, I, I'm still alive. Uh, they did not shoot me off into space into one of Tesla's uh, rockets. Would you have SpaceX. gone? Or
0: SpaceX? Would you have gone? Hell no. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. If
1: Elon won't ride his own rocket, why should I?
0: <laughs> That's he, fair. He, I thought he went up in his.
2: No. I maybe guy. that
0: was the other guy. I mean,
2: I yeah, think that was, mm-hmm.
3: Bezos. that was Bezos wanting Bezos to ride his, his dick rocket. <laughs> I think the main threat with Elon is he knows that if he goes up, there is a very solid chance they'll just leave him.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good point. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. He, said but he was rich
3: enough to survive in space. We couldn't stop him.
1: Right. Right. Uh, maybe but like maybe. You know, though, uh, since he is making friends with China, oh, God, we're getting political now. I'm just saying, they're, they've are got their own space program going. So he could, in essence, get his payloads from somewhere else
0: well,
4: if he wanted
1: cool. to survive up in space yeah. on a satellite. Right. Really
0: derailed. Well, I haven't I even mean, started yet. Him out the airlock. <laughs> I know, we haven't even started the show yet. We're so,
1: yeah, all.
4: we're going yeah. to have to
0: note out of that, all right? <laughs>
4: And, Is that
1: uh, what we're going with first? Yeah, we're gonna
4: we're gonna nope out of that. We're gonna and nope okay. out of that. Talk a and bit nope stuff. into nope,
0: and we'll nope into nope. But first, let's run our intro. Unless Jenna had something
1: quick to add, that's a all nope. right. Here we go. <laughs> that's a nope. Nope. <laughs>
0: Here we are.
3: Minus a member.
0: Oh, Jenna. Jenna went back on maternity leave just that quick.
3: Wow. She just, cool.
0: wow. I think our maternity leave benefits are too generous. If she, <laughs> she, she, she go back on them.
3: <laughs> we, we gave her five extra months. We're paying her the exact same as we did before. She's making as much as any of us. Right. That no be, cut yeah.
0: in salary during maternity leave. Yeah. yeah.
3: Folks, when that baby gets hungry,
5: there's not much there's not much you can do.
0: <laughs> well, um, while we wait for Jenna to rejoin, uh, we're gonna be talking about nope, but first, uh, welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Charles, I'm Seth,
5: I'm Chris, <laughs> and I'm Stu. And
0: uh and and welcome there's back Jenna. Jenna!
4: Oh, and goodbye,
5: Jenna.
0: There was Jenna. Jenna's like the alien in Nope. She's just making these random appearances.
5: Yeah, she's up there in them clouds. <laughs> yeah. Hiding then, all her divine beauty. Oh, I think I
0: she's that back. One cloud is not moving. There she is. God. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> and the cloud moved. She was on the right side it's of
1: it. It's been a while. She's just trying to up.
0: figure out technology again. It's all good.
1: I know. Anything not related to work is uh new yeah. again.
0: See what <laughs> happens when you're when you have like a year's maternity leave for galactic driftwood.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. So funny story this morning. Yeah. Uh, just just because I had that moment. Uh, Aaron's got my hub where I have one set of monitors, but I can either plug in my computer when I work from home or I can have my personal computer yep. taking the baby to drop her off. And I'm like, it's not working. My keyboard. Nothing. I leave. I come back. He's like, you didn't plug in the hub back to your personal computer. Uh, he's like you literally had that moment where i was like did you plug it in and you didn't (laughs) plug it in i was like oh no
3: in your defense you have a baby and it is early in the morning Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) good point fair
3: Fair. be fair to yourself well
0: anyway welcome back jen yay all right so we're going to talk about nope uh i think uh Everybody's seen it, except maybe for Charles. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. Okay, so you and Charles. So uh, you and Charles uh, can uh, ask the probing questions uh, as we talk about it, uh, in case we confuse you guys and you don't understand what the hell we're blathering about.
1: Uh, I will will say, though, Seth, uh, I'm a little disappointed in you. I think you could have gone the mask route and gone to the theater, but I get it.
3: We we were probably moving in here. Oh, that's fair. We were very tired yesterday. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. That's
0: understandable.
3: It, I mean, you can see behind me.
0: Yes,
4: like,
3: this is completely different than it was the last time anyone recorded this room.
0: Right. Yes, you've been busy, sir. You've been busy. Mhm. Life life gets in the way sometimes. We understand.
3: Yeah, just yep. a bit.
5: In fact, when I was in right. the theater, when I was in the theater watching, nope. I got a message from my my mother that my father had been taking the emergency unit.
0: Oh no. Oh, Oh.
5: He's he's fine. He's fine. Man, man gets to a certain age or he has to go on the mend. I
3: mean, I'm there. I am that age right now.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, let's start off. Let's, uh, um, Jenna, since we haven't heard from you in a while, if you if you're game, will you want to give us a little nope recap overview kind of a thing? So we wow,
3: all right, I'm like throwing her under the bus right away so, well, I,
0: just, uh, I mean, if not, we can throw it to Chris. I mean uh, usually, 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 I just had, I just had two shots of caffeine,
1: so we'll we'll see how this goes Okay. Uh, so, Scene set, we have a basically. Nope is the story about a struggling training, like horse training Hollywood far, uh, ranch.
2: Let me try that again.
1: (laughs) There's a family in California who who lives in rural California, and their family they're famous for providing great horses for the Hollywood scene. And they trace their lineage back to uh, the first motion picture uh that was ever taken which is of a black jockey riding a horse and the father and the son are trying to you know train one horse and get ready for a really important film because if they get the sequel it's gonna take care of all their problems Mm -hmm. and they're outside and all of a sudden they hear and see things like something that sounds like screaming and the father uh super excited played by Keith Davids, who's the voice of Goliath and has been in a lot of different films. Um, yes. Oh. Unfortunately, dies quickly in a freak oh. accident yeah, because long, but... they're out there and they all of a sudden hear screaming in the middle of nowhere, like far distant screaming, and stuff starts appalling from the sky. And next thing you know is his father falls over on the horse.
0: And, Spoiler and when alert. She says, when she says stuff like keys and coins and
1: Yep. Metal, metal Just objects. little small metal objects. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, father's dead. I think, we, I think we all
0: know what damage a coin can do when it's dropped from an incredible height and it picks up I, that speed and it hits yep. the, the granddad and goes right through his skull.
1: Yep. Well, it he was obviously looking up, it went through his yeah, eye cavity.
4: So, oh, yeah. Yeah. The way that scene develops is because you, you don't know exactly <laughs> what happened until you get to the hospital later and they do the x-rays and you find that there was a coin that had penetrated his skull and went right like right in the middle of his head but all you see when this event goes down is the father's just kind of slumped over on the horse and then falls off the horse and rush to the hospital and come to find out some things fell from the sky and when uh OJ uh who's the son gets back he, he we also see that there was a key that, that fell from the sky and, and lodged into one of the horses uh rears if you will so it's pretty, uh, yeah, that part was really confusing to you. I was like, whoa, what what just happened? Like, right. what happened or anything? Um, and the
0: media passed it off as like a, an airplane. yeah,
1: airplane
4: loss of cargo or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: luggage or something.
4: Yeah.
1: So I, I think we'll get into a lot of the details, and I'll try and keep this more sure. concise because uh, we definitely want to get into the media because there's a lot to talk about. So yeah. with this scene... First, I'm going to give the main plot, and then I'll talk real quick about the, the Gordy mm-hmm. the monkey plot, which is kind of interlaced into this. So you have the main plot where it's about this family because the father, who is like the last one really holding together this heritage of a, of a horse wrangling family for Hollywood, um, they're struggling. Like the next scene we see is the, the brother, OJ, because there's a brother and a daughter. The daughter wasn't there that day, and she should have been. I think. Yep. Emerald. Yep. Um, you have OJ and Emerald uh, that he's trying to just film a commercial and, you know, they're asking, he's asking, don't spook the horse, don't look in its eyes. And that one of the camera guys happened to turn a mirror on the horse and the horse kicked. Uh, they lose the commercial.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So now they're in this position where we see that You know, OJ is struggling with his sister because his sister wants to be in Hollywood. And she had showed up late to try and help them with this commercial to sell the family. But that didn't work out. And they're arguing like about what they should be doing with the farm. And she going home with him finds out that this local kind of like howdy duty ranch tourist site has been bought up by this Asian actor who is known to be a child star of this hit movie called kid sheriff and he sells the horse that was supposed to be in the commercial to him. And he, she's like, well, how many horses have you sold? 10, but I'm going to buy them back at some point. So they're really struggling.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and that night when she stays over and they're talking about their dad, they see one of the horses jump out. And so he goes after it and one of the cats and she's just hanging out at the house. Notice all the power goes out. So all the power goes out. He's chasing the horse. He gets out. He hears the horse screaming when he loses sight of it. He doesn't know where it is. It sees it. it's gone. Power has gone out at the house. Here's the screaming horse, and he thinks he sees a glimpse of a flying saucer. He's not sure. So when he goes back and he tells his sister this, she's like, oh, shit. That's it. That's the answer to our problem. Let's get.
0: The Oprah let's, shot.
1: Yeah, the Oprah. He says Oprah shot, but yeah, she's like, "Let's let's shot, yeah. get a film shot." So they go. Uh, th- their plan now is to try and to save a farm, to save their legacy. They're gonna get a shot of this uh, flying saucer, and then they're going to sell it. So they go. They use what money they have left to buy all these expensive cameras, and just through a little comments that they're saying, and the IT guy at Fry's Electronics is like, figures out they're trying to catch a UFO. So he, he, he gets them to get him to come out and install the cameras where he confirms his suspicions that they're trying to film UFOs. So he wants to get involved and starts watching their cameras as well after it's been set up that for that first night. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how much detail we want to get into this cause we're going to lose a lot of conversation, but nonetheless, what the rest of the movie focuses on is them trying to capture more shots of this, the electronics guy getting involved and ultimately them running out and, uh, you know, figuring out that the flying saucer is not what you think a flying saucer would be. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: So that sets up the main plot, which you can talk about the, the ending and stuff here in a minute, but interlaced throughout this, we're getting shots of a family sitcom from the '90s. That the Asian kid uh, sheriff who has bought that cowboy uh, tourist attraction. That's like rodeo. It's a little village of, of storefronts and things like that, and food. People take pictures out in the middle of nowhere, California, not far from this farm or this horse ranch.
3: We have like 18 of those in Nebraska.
1: Right, <laughs> right. so we're getting flashbacks from when he was on the side the scene of this sitcom that was being filmed, and they had a trained chimpanzee that balloons went off when they were filming the birthday episode, and the chimpanzee goes nuts and starts attacking and killing the cast members, and
4: basically everyone in the studio,
1: yeah. Well, the, you see the audience hover yeah. in behind the, the 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 laugh track people who are there to watch it, mm-hmm. like hovering behind their seats. He he maims he maims the sister like gr- brutally. He, if you've ever heard of what happens with adult chimps when they hit the point where they're an adult and they get aggressive, and the types of attacks they do, it's horrific. You don't see the details, but your imagination is is enough, definitely. And Gordy who is the name of the chimp when he kind of calms down for a moment and he sees the child who the, uh, is it June? Jack. The, uh, the, the, the main Joop. actor. Jupe. So when he sees Jupe, he's looking at him through kind of like the what you don't see is there's a clear plastic tablecloth. So he's not meeting eye contact directly with the kid. And he kind of sees him through there, and he offers a fist bump, and it ultimately gets shot. But it's like, in his mind, it's set up. I was spared. There was I have a can create a connection with dangerous animals. But it's 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 a very weird interlacing of a story where a wild animal was exploited to make money on this sitcom, and it goes horribly wrong. And ultimately what we find out as we get to the end of the main plot is Juke knows about the UFO too, and will ultimately try to exploit it to make money and continue that cycle of exploitation without realizing it. So uh, that's, that's kind of the plot of everything uh, set up to go. And we can get more now, I think into how that resolves that this family to try and preserve their legacy is trying to go after this UFO and the, and this, You know struggling california countryside
4: yeah i i you know reflecting back on it thinking back you know when emerald showed up onto the scene i i did not find any real reason for her to want to stick around and find ways to save the ranch and and maybe she was only there for oj as kind of support at that point because for oj um you know i'll touch on his whole purpose for pushing on and keeping this thing forward is that he felt his his dad went through so much to try and keep this legacy going that you know they owed it to him to, to keep doing what they could um you know regardless of what, what had to be done and, and emerald you get the sense early on that that she has other aspirations for her life to act in hollywood and do other things and the whole horse trainer thing is just that is her side gig she could take it or leave it Um, so I was actually happy to see that like deep down, it it seemed like she really did care because she Mm -hmm. stuck around and you would have thought, you know, after all the weird stuff was starting to happen, that she would have just, you know, noped out if you will, and, and, and left and let her brother deal with it. But she stuck around for, you know, maybe family purposes, I'm I'm guessing. So it was hard to kind of gauge that at first though, because she was so kind of disconnected over the whole deal.
0: Well, it sounded like she, she tried to leave one, at least Mm -hmm. once, right? Right. He said i'm not going i got miles to feed you know meaning the horses in the barn right the next morning Mm -hmm. she kind of resigned herself to the fact that well i guess i'm staying too then but yeah i
4: think i think deep down she did love the horses too so that you know she she felt bad for the whole situation and and whatnot but Mm -hmm. i mean boy it was it was almost a, a bipolar thing with her initially when the movie started out because she she did really portray very well that she was just this disconnected sister yeah. You know, well, about this family business, this was OJ and and Dad's thing, you know.
1: Yeah, and you get that sense from the story she tells about the horse that was supposed to be her horse mm-hmm. to train her horse to, to ride when she got quote unquote of age. But then they turned around and ended up training that horse for the Scorpion King movie, the the job yeah. they got, and his dad and OJ and his dad got to do that, and kind of left her. Yeah, and behind. maybe
4: yeah, she felt left out. So why should I be a part of it? So
1: yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah what do you think of the, the show Stu?
5: Uh, well just in terms of general um, observation this is jordan peele's third film in hollywood
4: mm-hmm.
5: and this is probably the number three of the third in terms of quality but that's not a big insult because the first two get out was probably is probably on my top 30 or 40 movies ever made in my personal opinion yeah, I was a big fan of that one, and us just sitting too far behind us is a heck of a movie, too. So, when you by the time you get to Nope, it's interesting, first of all, that his movie titles don't sound like movie titles. Hmm. A friend of mine asked me, What movie did you go see? I said, Nope. And they said, Oh, you don't want to tell me. I said, No, that's <laughs> <the name laughs> yeah,
0: and I, yeah. and I was surprised to find that Nope actually is an acronym. Uh, MENT is an acronym for not of planet Earth.
5: Yeah, you can read it that way. That, that's yeah. the big beauty of film and and names and any number of things. There's so many ways you can read and interpret. A
2: yeah. lot of the
5: folks I've seen online have really interpreted this movie as being about the animals and the lack of respect there too. And how a truly wild animal cannot be tamed. And sometimes you learn respect for the animals, and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. I think as there a, are a
1: lot of layers to his work and I could see that, but I, I think more of the lusting after fame. If you look yeah. at the, the spaceship ultimately as a camera and you look into the eye and you get lost or eaten and churned up and spit out by right. it. Right. I thought that was a really good interpretation Literally. too.
5: And I don't disagree, but. As I was watching the film, and I really haven't seen other people have this take on it, but there's, but my take would be that in this in Hollywood you had this this old guard that made a lot of that made their good livings making movies, and this in the shadows you have these huge all these films have these huge staffs, and if you were a specialist in one particular area, you know, be it animal has uh, animal wrangling or some sort of special effect or makeup, but mm-hmm. if you were any good at it you can make yourself a living you could count on that and as we've moved into the digital era if you will which i guess of which this is an example we've we're, we're beginning to lose that because starting in the back in the 1990s and reality tv started to in it is inevitable crest we ah, we have another podcaster that's that's beautiful there all right, <laughs> all right.
3: we have a podcaster you know. who is a little too fond of sharing
0: Oh.
5: Well, there, yeah, that's that's the that's the way of the world, my friend. So, are,
4: are you thinking this is sort of like um, singing in the rain was
5: for Speakeasies? Oh, a bit, a, a bit, more along the lines of you have the the grizzled veterans, if you will, of which I'm trying to emulate in my in my speech and manner and other, and appearance and and hygiene. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. You had Otis, the man who you know through a gener you know over a generation as he's a horse wrangler. Mm-hmm. A horse Wrangler specifically for for the art of filmmaking in Hollywood. And, and and living on the outskirts of Hollywood as he does, he can make a, you can make a good living of that, feed a family. And then you have Anders Elk, who is the cinematographer on the commercial at the beginning, where the horse gets spooked, whom they later enlist for his expertise to capture what they. Th- initially think is an identified flying object Mm -hmm. Who's was another one of these old men who's now kind of trying to catch on to a to a job who has all these the real mastery of the craft right
1: because every every time they call him just so the audience gets some perspective if you notice he's always looking at old film and playing with film every time they try and get him to come out Mm -hmm. because he's obviously obsessed with the craft of filming Mm -hmm. and kind of uh jaded without with hollywood because when they met no, like, him, he was just filming a commercial and he was just over it.
4: And it's yeah, like, you could really tell he was disengaged. He was like, whatever. Like, yeah. This.
0: And it's always kind of about with him being able to capture that impossible shot.
5: Right. Yeah, that's true.
4: Which right? they were hung up on having him come by to do it because right. that's what they needed. They needed, they needed to have the to impossible shot. shot that. Uh, right. As they coined it, the Oprah shot, you know, right? Um, right. But we're going to get them that Oprah money,
5: you know, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. But, so, now, but yeah, but keep in mind, Chris, this is Oprah money we're talking about here. Right. If, if you go back not quite ninety years, there's this movie came out, maybe a couple of you heard of it called King Kong. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Where you have actually a pretty similar phenomenon. You have some incredible creature out in the out in the wild that these people want to exploit, but in this case. What they want to do is they want to make their own movie. They want to make a professional production of it. Mm-hmm. In the year twenty twenty two, well, now what you want to do is you want to make yourself what you call a viral flick, right? You want to exploit this on, you know, on the reality TV. You want the you don't want to make your own picture. You want the Oprah moment, right? You want the social media. You get this. You don't. You didn't. Mm-hmm. Don't initially bring in the pros. They bring in this boy from the electronic store it's got a ufo stuck out of it right yeah that's that that, that's how that's how i'm looking at this really is you have this crew of of the younger generation you've got jupe and you've got oj who realize they can no longer make that kind of living off of Hollywood. well that you know seth mentioned that we have got about 18 of these western towns like and what what's the name what's the name of the ranch it's a jupe uh, Jupes Western Adventure or something like that out in the out in the desert. The tourist Jupiter's attraction, claim. Yeah. Jupiter's Claim. Jupiter's Claim. That's right. That's right. Jupiter's Claim. And you used to see those every every thirty miles in the Western states, and they made a good living and good profit. Mm-hmm. And eventually, most of those have, have gone by the wayside. They have they have closed up, and they were no longer viable. Uh, out here in Nebraska, there's a particular attraction called Pioneer Village that, when I was a boy, was doing great business and had signs up and down the road. And people came from far and wide to see it. Buddy, my went out and saw it two years ago. I'm telling you right now, you might not want to go out there. <laughs> it's an, it's in bad shape and you got, and you'll have the place to yourself. Huh? Yeah. So yeah, the, because these things have, have fallen to the wayside and form in lieu of other entertainments. So that, yeah. that, that, that was my, one of my, that was my take on the, on the film. It, that was one layer of, of meaning. There is, is you, it in years past, these group of film professionals would have been saying, We want to capture footage of this to make our own movie, take it on yeah. the road, like they did back in this back in the 70s. There's was a great movie called Mysterious Monsters that used paranormal footage that did very good business, made good money for the people behind it. Today, well, no, you want that viral shot, you want yeah, the yeah. one uh, you want the three minutes of real footage that'll catapult what? you to some sort of fame.
0: What you guys think was the um, the scariest scene in the movie? And uh, I guess we'll start with Chris on this one.
4: Scariest for me was um, the stable scene. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about this pre-show. Is um, uh, Bill and I think you were ta- saying? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you were thinking of me when this happened, and, and I certainly yeah. was saying nope when this happened. But uh,
1: we both uh, did, and it was
4: funny. Yeah, yeah, we cracked we uh, up. They were like. OJ, uh, OJ uh, in the middle of the night, notices the light on in the barn. So he goes to investigate. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, was like, man, he's taking an awful long walk out here to, to, to flip a light <laughs> yeah. switch. And uh, he flips a light switch and then proceeds to walk back in the dark, which I don't, I, again, you know something's going to happen here. And uh, all of a sudden the light turns back on and he's uh, like, oh, well that's a new one turns around and and you're kind of looking and uh it's like well what's going on here and then you yeah. see a figures start to stand up uh in in the darkness and and, and they do the good thing the cool thing where they're kind of you you see what he's seeing and it's just looking over towards his light switch and you're trying to see what what's there what what,
0: what, what has changed what is, is he staring at
4: right because yes, he's right. not moving towards it he's like am I seeing what I think I'm seeing and you're trying to figure out what does he think he's seeing. And then yeah. you see this figure kind of stand up. And that's when you're like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. I'm <laughs> yeah. out, I'm out. Right. And uh, basically, that's what he did. He turns around, he's like, nope, and then just starts walking. It just, you know, right. there's no uh, investigation or anything. I'm out of here. And
0: then, and then it, it seemed to take forever when he got his camera out to get a picture. And that's the, uh, there's the scene right there where he's, yeah. he's, he's standing there holding a camera trying to get a picture of the alien as it comes around the corner. And he's just standing there. Nothing's happening and nothing's happening. You're like, okay, what the F is going on, right? (laughs) And then all of a sudden you start to see this alien head poke out around the corner. Ever
4: so slightly. just Right. So (laughs) so it's just suspense and waiting for it to come out. And, uh, yeah, it was was pretty – that was – and what was crazy, it wasn't so much – Scary isn't the right word. Right. It's something suspenseful. Right. Right. Uh, right. Because you expect it to be coming. You just don't know what it is. So it's part of that is part of that. That thrill is the discovery of like, what is this? Is this the the first glimpse at an alien? Now, we come to find out that it was just a bunch of kids, you know, playing a a prank or whatever. And as I was saying, Bill,
0: they're lucky he wasn't a a gun carrying rancher. Right. You know, they're lucky that ranch wasn't run by Jenna. Right. <laughs> they would have been katana or something. Right.
4: Uh, I mean, they No, he did exactly
1: guys. what I would have did, which is when one like kind of snuck up and hung down beside him. He just turned around and wailed yeah, on it.
4: it. Yep. <laughs> hesitation. He was like, Oh, better get my punch in now. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, that was probably the scariest one. Uh, it's scary. If, if you can use that uh, for me, Uh second one, or probably my, one of my most favorite parts was, um, the, uh, the alien spaceship or the, the being if you will when it dumped all those people it picked up at the amusement park when it dumped all their guts and blood on top of the house yeah that see was it raining down uh i'd try i was trying to think of whether i'd ever seen that in in other films before and and, and i might i could have just missed it but like i thought that was a pretty good take on just like you know, here I am. I'm just gonna shit on you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not happy yeah. with you, and it was just—it was just really disgusting. And I actually yeah. enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah that, that was—you was... uh, know—my key ones for my movie.
5: Did, did you did you ever see the movie Magnolia? Magnolia.
4: I, I don't think so. I know yeah, the really
5: movie. Yeah, the the, the Paul Tams, Thomas Anderson film. That's that—that's what that brought uh, to mind for me. Was just this the where you, because you have these mysterious falls from the sky. There was a guy named Charles Fort. The great paranormalists from the early part of the 20th century who would do, who would document these crazy things just mysteriously falling from the sky. That's yes. that's the first thing that I thought of when I when, when as oh, movie. Okay. I'm like oh it's going to be that kind of movie. <laughs> okay. And which which it didn't in in fact turn out to be, but that, that that's the first that's that was sort of the flavor that I got. It was like something just fell out of the sky. What the heck is that?
0: So. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you, Stu? What was your scariest scenes?
5: Oh, scariest scene is pro- probably the um, when uh, Jean Jacket the I don't think we've named him yet. The Jean Jacket yeah. the the entity mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. out out in the desert is is, uh, is, is chasing OJ. Yeah, and he, and he oh, figures yeah. out you know through through his years of, of dealing with, with animals, of dealing with horses, if you don't look it in the eye, it's not gonna right. It's not going to perceive you as as a threat. And here he is, I mean, there, and there's nothing you can do. This thing is, is yeah. way too powerful for him to, he doesn't have anything to resist it with. You now, all he can do is not look.
0: Right.
5: And and that's how he survives But I mean. But he is that close to death. <clears throat> right. He showed
4: really good resolve. If, if you go on a tangent there, um, as uh, a, yeah. for lack of a better word, as, uh, you know, his character is supposed to be kind of, um, I don't want to say emotionless and, and kind of mundane but that was kind of how it was supposed to be portrayed but that he, he kept his wits about him in, in that instance and there were times you know we're sitting there and he's like don't look don't do it you know yeah just, yeah. just stayed focused and he kept it cool and you have a lot of the other people around him that were just kind of losing it right they need to look up or they you know they they'd freak out and start running and uh he did a a pretty good job of kind of keeping us cool on that so that's a very interesting uh, depiction of what we saw going on in the movie. So, yeah, and
0: that's uh, that's the back of uh, Jupes jacket that he wears. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs Jupiter's Claim, the Western Village, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I think he had this jacket made once he figured <clears throat> out he had a way of getting the alien to show itself and do you know perform tricks, basically in in exchange for horses as food, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But, uh, Jenna, uh, how about you on your scariest scene?
1: So, here's what the first let me say why I think that question is hard for all of us in terms of scary, and then I'll tell you what my uh and what I think they could have done better to make it so creepy, and then what I thought was the scariest scene. Okay. Um, because Aaron brought up the fact that the the movie loses some of it's. It's suspense. The minute they show the creature, whenever you show the creature in a horror movie, you run the risk of losing the mystery and the suspense. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: you, you uh, also take the bigger risk that it will be outdated due to technology more quickly. And what he brought up, which I think would have made a lot of sense to keep the suspense and scary is you never see it directly on film. You only see the creature, if they would have kept it to where you only see the creature through the camera, Mm. through the, the pictures when they look down, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, even, even the cameras on the house, like you're only getting glimpses of it in pieces or out of the, or through like the slits in the building, the corner of the eyes. Like if they would have done that, then it, where you never get the whole creature it would have kept a lot more suspense long term
2: right. you would have missed yeah.
1: the you would have missed the epic final shot where you see the creature in all of its full territorial glory which right. was really cool cuz you almost get this impression of an interdimensional creature like what the if you're familiar with Skinwalker Ranch some of the theories of what's going on out there you know they say it's UFOs it's Bigfoot um, but some of the less well, pop well-known theories is that at skinwalker Ranch, it's interdimensional creatures that blink in and out of our dimension. Hmm. so and, and that shape and that full like aesthetic of the of the creature when he the attack mode gives you that. And that's really cool. But again, you lose some of that like that. If you never saw that scene, you just would have seen the shadow coming up on him. Um, and just the horse, and, would have been
4: scarier, yeah,
1: yeah, or the reflection in yeah. his eyes, the reflect, like if there would have been shots of that, that would have been really, really cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what terrified me the most was honestly the Gordy scenes with the monkey, yeah, mm-hmm. right, because. <clears throat> It's it's gruesome. It's terrifying. You're just hoping he snaps out of it, the aggression. And like I said, because you don't, like, one of the, the most horrifying scenes is you see this poor teenage girl. You see her feet from the pet peeking out from the couch. And you see the monkey climb on the couch and jump down. And she's gurgling and just pounding on her.
4: Right. And, and then
1: you car. see him go down and chew on her face. What we right. see late realize later is his face, mm. but you don't see the details. You're hearing it. Like the, the, what they did for the sound of that was very well done. And then right. he comes out and he's just this cute little monkey covered in blood.
0: Yeah. Well, Getting ready to do a fist bump.
4: Yeah. yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't necessarily act cute at first. It's almost a menacing stare as he kind of sits back, checks, you know, he's yeah. poking the girl's feet, and then he kind of slowly turns over and looks directly at you, directly at the camera, in this kind of menacing look, and you're not sure what, is he going to charge me? What's he going to do? He ultimately walks up to the kid and and, and goes to give him the, you mm-hmm. know, the first fist bump, uh, you know, but it, it was a that look there is you don't really know what's behind and what what's going through that monkey's head,
1: right? And- Right. You can only suspect. And the -hmm. impression I got was he's touching the girl's foot to see if she's okay. And I hate to say that, like make an assumption, because they're so powerful. They don't understand, like once they snap out of it, what have they done? And what makes me think of that is I talked to one of the, the gorilla keepers at the zoo Mm-hmm. And he told me about an incident because he's like, they're five-year-olds. They're the they're these great, powerful, super strong creature with the mentality of a five-year-old. And he was telling me about how one of the silverbacks was shaking the cage and really upset about something He wanted to get out. And so the zoo people were like, okay, we're going to get you out. And just as he unlocked it, he had shook the cage and tore at his arm. Like he mm-hmm. didn't mean to, but he had tore it and hurt it. And he screamed and came back and was like, ah, oh, cause it had basically torn his shoulder and no the much. gorilla like jumped and Grilled he like backed shoulder. up and he like, he felt bad. There was obvious no, no. guilt. Like, Oh, I had hurt you. No, I didn't no. mean to. I was upset in the moment. And there was almost that same sense of touching her foot. Are you okay? Like what's going on? Like that, the whole instinctive mm-hmm. rage clearing. And, and I think that's really because Juke ultimately thought he was going to create a show with this creature by training it, by feeding it horses and earning its trust. He was going to have his big payday because both are looking for their big payday. The family wants the big payday to save their farm. Jupel ultimately wants the big payday to create something more like for obviously him and his family. And mm-hmm. so this first show is going to kick that off and he's expecting it to go as planned. And you can never expect working with, wild animals for it to go as planned.
0: Right.
3: Ask yourself, are you in a horror movie? If yes, your plan is not going to go as planned.
0: I always live my life as if I'm in a horror movie. That way I'm never surprised when it goes awry.
3: (laughs) Bill, you have the highest luck stat of any person I've ever met.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fair.
3: I'm halfway convinced that this is all a simulation, but you're the player character and we're
5: all-
4: <laughs> so I want to talk about Mr. TMZ here for a second because that was a really yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
5: Scene. Oh yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. he shows up and and you know I'm like, what you know, who invited you know, A, it's a really weird home in I've never seen one like that before. Right. I don't understand why there's like the one cut-up hole. Maybe it's like Daft Punk inspired. I, I'm not sure.
3: <laughs> it was weird.
4: <laughs> the guy shows up and even his behavior and talking is really weird, but the, he was probably it ended up being a much funnier scene uh later on because he, he ends up running into uh, the, the the alien ship when it's moving around, power uh gets kind of sucked out of whatever area it's in and, and the guy in the motorcycle starts you know flying down the road easier to investigate and it's, you know. it's
0: an electric motorcycle. Yeah, it's an
4: electric motorcycle, so he ends up uh getting into a horrific kind of
0: crash, which I I still don't understand
4: why the bike wouldn't just lose momentum and why
0: they, they said uh, as they were talking about it, they said uh, that uh, it creates a, like a reverse electric field, something weird like that. But yeah. And so what it would do is if once the, the electric motorcycle hit it, it would just seize up. Because it was so powerful in reverse or something like that. So anyway.
4: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what happened. What was I of the it? physics of it. I'm not a, a specialist in that area. But, no. But anyways, guy gets ejected off his bike, completely wrecked. And, yeah. uh, you know, turns out he's still alive. And OJ goes out in attempt to save him. And the only thing the guy could think about, why aren't you recording this? You should be getting this on video. Why? You know, yeah. you, don't, you know don't come near me. You yeah, don't, be, you know,
0: don't pick me up or save me until you get a picture of me.
4: Right, right. That, that's all he seems to care about. He's like, look, this is going to be great yeah. for the tabloids. I want you to get this, or it's going right. to help sue you for whatever reason because nobody can explain why your yeah. bike just all of a sudden failed. But yeah, the guy was 100% didn't really care about himself per se, just the get shot it on camera. Get the yeah. shot.
0: Yeah.
3: How, how Oh, go ahead darker could that have been if he'd have been like take my picture no please my insurance will not cover this unless you have a picture
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think it tied into the whole thing that jenna mentioned before about yeah. this being sort of a uh reference to hollywood and how it just I mean, sort it of dirty. you know eats everybody up right and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i've seen that that Comment out there on the internet where you know this giant alien, you know he's got this big sucking hole in the bottom, which is like Jenna said, represents the all-seeing eye of the Hollywood camera, right? That just sort of chews you in, sucks you in, and then spits you out. And uh, it was the same thing. This TMZ, you know, just mm-hmm. another reference to the whole yeah. Hollywood industry where it's it,
5: well, he's now, now you see, I'm going to I'm going I'm, I'm to disagree with you just, uh, just a bit on that because I think okay. the TMZ guy is more He's more a representative of the he's like anti-Hollywood. I mean, a Hollywood guy would you'd have a crew and you'd have all these mm-hmm. professionals out there who really know what they're doing. Then you, you've got this guy with a mirror with a funky mirrored helmet. He looks like a freak with his little amateur little camera setup. He's got going. Mm-hmm. On. It looks looks all sophisticated. but It's just one camera. Yeah. I mean, now that's the new media.
3: Yeah, you know,
5: at, yeah. You know, there, there was a time when, yeah, again, go back to King Kong. Where you'd have this whole crew saying, "We're going to capture this thing and make a film out of it. We're going to do our project." Here's this. Here's this guy saying, "I live for just one shot." I mean, if this thing. If this go, one shot goes viral, that's how I'm going to make my money
1: mm-hmm. and take yeah. the glory from the people who are working to build something.
5: Right. Yes.
4: So right. I was hoping when that guy showed up because he had the weird helmet, the weird camera setup. That somehow you know he caught on that there was this event happening here and maybe he had some kind of special knowledge and he was aware of these ufo alien things and was going to help them in some manner and then when the guy was like you know when she was like you know i'm tmz i'm like oh well go <laughs> ahead and die then like who cares right. <laughs> um but yeah when the guy showed it was such a bizarre get up when the guy showed up and i was just like you know maybe <laughs> you know and then we find out he's on an electric bike of course he is he's screwed uh, you know, it, it, that whole thing. But when, when you first showed up, I was like, Ooh, who's this guy? You know, out of nowhere that shows up. And he was like, Oh, no, this is some media jerk that we're going to kill.
5: You know, more yeah. food for the monster. Right. As, as opposed to Anders, the old school cinematographer who goes way low tech. He brings in yep, a manual, this hand cranked camera. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, not dissimilar to the type of setup they would have had to film the initial jockey, actually. Well, it's, it's way more advanced than that. but I mean, this is this is equipment from the silent era that he's bringing in. You yeah. know, this hand crank thing, where it's like, okay, is this going to be twenty four frames a second, eighteen frames a second? What's it going to even use on this? And and that's the only way that, that, he, that he could get after it was to just use something that's not electric. Okay. And, 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 and that's a real pro. That that was the that that was the plan.
1: But he gets so caught up in his own uh, obsession, and I think yeah. again, it's it's that self-indulgent, I think uh, line where you go too far and end up destroying yourself instead of creating something that's lasting because yep, he gets yeah. so caught up in the high of, cause you can't blame him. They, they, he survives death, gets this amazing artistic moment. He's, he's probably literally in shock and loses all of his senses riding that high. And then puts himself in a position to be then be eaten, right? Like, because he wants to go get another shot.
0: He wants to get that impossible shot. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: he got the impossible shot with the lighting and everything, but then he wants to go get another one, right? Yeah. Get another angle. Right. It's not enough. Yeah, like he well, and and I thought of you, Seth, because he was wearing a utility kilt out there. Okay. <laughs>
0: well and then i had another question so one of the other things that i read in the the uh some analysis of the episode was that so this is a a black family on this ranch right and Mm -hmm. this weird stuff is happening to them they're being kind of terrorized or traumatized by this alien thing and they they know nobody will really believe them unless they have photographic evidence that that perfect picture that proves that this is happening Mm -hmm. and some of the comments that I've seen was like well that's sort of a reference to police brutality against people of color right where this abuse is happening but nobody will believe it unless there's photographic evidence and then that uh, and another example of that kind of thing hits the median, goes viral. And then that's what prompts the outrage and prompts change, I guess. So I don't know. Did you see that at all, Chris, as you were watching it? Or? I
4: really? But it, I, I can see where people are coming from with that. It was, for me, it was the, the, where I would draw the, draw the line at was really with the dad, um, how it, it was kind of disregarded in terms of a freak accident in his yeah. death. And, um, how there really wasn't much more of an investigation not that you could really explain much beyond that you know they could just yeah. be like well we could spend you know weeks investigating and not really get anywhere with that uh, beyond that though needing needing the proof i mean the reality is that that could go with a lot of things when you're talking about something extreme like that you know like a ufo sure. um you know, that doesn't matter who you are uh, in that respect. Uh, even right. if you did have the proof, it would be, you know, scrutinized to some degree because a lot of things can be faked these days. Um, so actually, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking on it. I'm wondering how they would have, you know, how, how do you overcome the scrutiny over, you know, you must have faked that picture or the video, uh, given how good things are today, regardless of, you know, whether they were white or black or, or whatever yeah. Anyone's going to be scrutinized over that. Heck, we can't even believe the videos of of uh, sometimes police brutality they would get now. Just whether it right. was cut right. or edited, you <laughs> know. the
0: whole deep fakes and artificial right. intelligence and so
4: um, yeah, no, I I think I think because it was uh, uh, Jordan's movie, uh, you know, they're looking for things to to draw. You know, everything that happens can be somehow
0: it's um, all under um, a magnifying backdrop. glass, right? Right, right.
4: but. Yeah. Personally, personally, no. Okay, I, I didn't see that. I, I saw it as you know, he he had some overarching things, um, with uh you know a couple of biblical verses that were in there, and uh, you know the movie starts with a biblical uh, book out of a um, what was it a Hebrew Bible
0: book of Nahum.
4: Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, so there, I think there's some overarching themes that occur with that, but beyond that, he has no real reason to go too much further in this. Some of that stuff. This was you know, a a creative, entertaining movie from that aspect with some, you know, things on animal nature and and nothing really more beyond that.
0: I did think uh, this picture that Linda has up here, I did think that that was a brilliant way to determine where the alien was, the the effect of the alien's uh, electric Mm -hmm. zone as well, because as the alien would pass over the ranch, the power that's inflating these uh, blow-up figures uh, would die and they'd just fall to the ground so you could visually see pretty much where the alien was in the sky up above you without mm-hmm. actually having to look at it or see it which was yes. kind of cool, I thought. Mm-hmm.
5: And, and and sparing one thing for a... I realize we've already, we've already spoiled this thing all to heck. The a, the yeah. actual ending of the film it, just to encapsulate the, the ingenuity of the um of our protagonists of our survivors... Yeah um right. or we're at the very end we realize that the hand cranked camera that Anders had that he to get these to get the shots was not the only hand cranked camera on that valley
0: right right uh, yeah, right there right yeah that was a pretty brilliant way she uh she took uh, took the creature out in the end so all right well um you know we're about 50 minutes in anybody have any last minute thoughts they want to throw out there jenna anything
1: i was really So I I just had neutral expectations. Like if it was good, great. I was just getting out of the house without the baby. (laughs) That's all I cared about. Um, And I was, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the layers. I enjoyed uh, his attention to detail because I'm such a fan of horror, UFO movies, and Westerns. Like that I could pick up on the little details that he brought in all of that as an ode. So the fact that some people are saying it's meh or they didn't like the pacing, I would just say, give it a try Yeah. to just go in, enjoy a good story. a what would you do type of scenario? Um, with this idea that is really nothing real unless you get it on camera. And how terrifying yeah. is that, that, Nothing is real to anyone anymore, it seems like, unless you get it on camera and what Mm -hmm. your experiences are, if that, if you're having bad experiences, it's, that in itself is pretty terrifying. Right. Um, well, especially
0: the fact that nobody believes it if you capture it on camera and even then they're going to say, it's not real, it's faked.
1: Right. So it's, I think there's a lot there and I think people should give it a try.
5: Yep. Stu? Um, thumbs up thumbs Andrew. down oh, oh de- definitely thumbs up definitely thumbs up like i said this is probably my least favorite jordan Peele movie but that's that's really saying something though I and mean, that, that that's yeah. kind of like saying james worthy was the third best player on the on the 1980s los angeles lakers i mean he's still this incredible <laughs> player i'm i'm glad that he's you know kept filmmaking. he hasn't done a, had a dud yet um he's a piece probably the most exciting filmmaker in uh, in the industry right now and one thing I really enjoy about him is that he is making these small movies still. The th- things you'd still call small. He used to, you, we've had guys like Brian Singer who make this beautiful little movie like The Usual Suspects, and then suddenly, boom, they go to the they, they're doing the X Men. They're doing these hundred million dollar, um, you know, huge investment pieces. And Peele has, for whatever reason, either he hasn't gotten the chance to make the big one yet, or he's doing this as an artistic choice. He's staying with these small contained films that that's that's the way that and that was old hollywood again to to, to go back to my to my thing about the how one of the themes of this is the death of of old hollywood the death of these people who could just who could make a living boom 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 i don't think any of us can relate to just the volume of content that hollywood was putting out back say before 19 before 1970 Sure. I mean just the number of professionally done films that were coming out was just was just staggering uh, compared to now the theatrical films so there was that was of really good quality and it, but, but because most of them were smaller productions you didn't put huge mm-hmm. budgets in there you put competent budgets and sure. you said we'll we'll do well here and yet to, to me Jordan Peele he's a very exciting director and he's doing it in the same vein as as a howard hawks as a john ford where i'm going to make my movies and they're going to be they're not going to they're not going to have 120 million dollars put into them because i don't need it right Right. yeah yeah Yeah. quality yep all right like
0: well chris what are your thumbs up thumbs down yeah
5: definitely thumbs up
4: um again it was it was enjoyable if anything you know i i would have hoped the movie would have been longer to dive a little bit deeper into some of it but it's very intelligent and in then it allows people to have conversations over these themes like we're having now within the film and kind of what did we take out from it and mm-hmm. and you know right or wrong of, of what was intended in different parts um you know i like a film that we, we can always continue to have these kind of discussions after it's been made so um yeah i enjoyed it a lot um it, it kept me uh saying nope uh in my <laughs> <laughs> while watching it, uh, and those are always the good ones. And right. uh, yeah, it, it played to a lot of uh, uh, good and bad stereotypes, and it was very enjoyable. So two thumbs up and definitely watch it again.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'd uh, definitely give it two thumbs up as well. My my, The only uh, detracting thing I have to say was uh, the trailer, uh, where the trailer actually showed the alien, uh, which kind of spoiled it, I think. Yeah, that but, was, um,
4: yeah. And I think
0: part uh, of the surprise was yeah. trying to see what the alien was. And here they show it right in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the trailer almost made me not want to see the movie because it looked like a giant sombrero chasing people through the, <laughs> through the desert. Right. And I'm like, what the F, <clears throat> but I'm glad I went to see it. Cause I did like, I did like the show. So, um, but all right, well, cool. Well, thanks everyone for being on and, and talking. You're about not going
1: to ask Linda. Jesus.
0: Oh well, I could. Linda, I told him to leave me out of it
3: because. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Linda's no doubt. Uh, out.
2: Okay.
3: I, I, my only thing was I think it took. See, Chris said it should have been longer. I think it took too long to get to the point. So, I don't know. So
0: you would have <laughs> shortened the film.
3: Yeah, I think it took a long time to get to the, the
1: actual. I don't know. It was okay.
0: That's the build up to <laughs> the suspense. Right. Yeah. A, <laughs> a, you, gotta burn. Burn. you gotta build up yeah, the yeah. suspense a little bit. You need some of the background story. You gotta you gotta learn about Gordy.
3: But I mean it was over two hours. So yeah, two hours, <laughs> 15
0: minutes. It was
5: long. But okay. yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the that was my only real quibble with it, because I personally it's the point I still don't quite understand is that final form of the creature where he's more of a parachute where he, yeah. he pillows yeah. out like that. I don't know what the heck they were going for there. I I, I can't I can't figure that. Yeah, out. Yeah, I
4: don't I don't either. I, I did I did as I was watching, and I was just kind of like, I don't understand what I was supposed to derive from this. Um, I, I feel like it could have been they. Could have not gone so far off the handle on that, but Chris, you know. come
1: on, you're a fan of anime. It was final form.
4: It yeah. it still the, like, I know he it was so pissed off it entered its final
1: form. Come don't on,
4: know, you don't have to like all the fa- final forms. I'm not a fan of that final form.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what you, wow.
5: What do you do?
2: What do you
3: do when your final form just sucks?
5: sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, no, thank you for that, Jenna, because yeah, I'm not a fan of anime, so I wasn't quite sure what. What the final form of the situation was, but but part of it, I mean, because they had irritated it that much by having it, yeah, that barbed wire, and that's
0: what I that. that's what I was thinking is that the the barbed wire um was sort of like the balloons popping to the chimp in that it, it, it changed into this hyper aggressive mode, and at that point mm-hmm. it was going to destroy anything, which yeah, you know, it, it did. It, it started. It, it took, took out the house. Thing, right? It took out yeah, like
1: a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for weighing in. And uh, I hope you'll all join us for our next show. We're going to be talking about uh, the movie Prey. Uh, P-R-E-Y. It's not a religious show, I assure you. <laughs> um, uh,
3: pray Love.
0: <laughs> pray Love so, Slash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think all of us have seen that one, right? <laughs> everybody seen that one all right cool so that should be a good discussion so i hope you'll tune in and watch us um until then uh take care and have a good week we'll see you later bye-bye
2: thanks for listening to this episode of the galactic driftwood podcast for more information and past episodes please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on youtube and now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.